I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to In The Pocket. My name's Johnny. And my name's Chris. Two totally average bass players, and we're here to talk all about that bass. As well as answering your questions at home, each week we take a look at the latest news, maybe break down some tones, or to give you the lowdown on the low end. Now, for this week's episode, we are chuffed to be joined by probably the planet's most passionate player, uh, as well as being a seasoned session sensation, musical director, and bass educator uh today's guest is not only a tone sculpting guru a happy chap who loves to slap always flying the flag for the low end it's everyone's favorite internet base daddy is ian martin allison oh my goodness you guys first of all <laughs> as, as a as a uh, a fellow podcaster I have to compliment you, Johnny, on your intro. That was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, dude. You did it live, and it ruled. And thank you. That was very sweet. Hey, you're, you're very welcome, and I appreciate that. I was up many hours of the night sweating. Uh, saying, how how the, much more alliteration can I, was, I get in here? Not I was going to say, chat GPT absolutely crushed that. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, welcome. Thank you for thank you. Uh, being our oh second... Second across the pond video guest. Yes, oh, there we go. I'm honored. I'm honored to be here. I love Good your guys' company. podcast Good company. Oh. And uh, who, who was your first? Who was the first? Uh, was it an American? Uh, the first video guest was was Phil Philip Conrad. But yeah, and thank you so much for joining us. Oh my um, gosh, it's my pleasure. And I love Philip Conrad. I need to say too. I have I'm now watch all of his videos i'd love I his channel man yeah he's so cool yeah. and what he's doing with rhett and what they've done with rick beato was, and it's like super inspirational so i was gonna, such, I was gonna say when i um when i got dressed for the episode today is my mini homage homage to rick beato as in i've got a denim shirt on yeah. and some sort of plain white or black <laughs> t-shirt he's an exceptionally well-dressed man rick beato yeah, yes, as well as is. everything else yeah, yeah, His yeah. Drip oh, he's amazing. Is mad. The drip is immaculate. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Absolutely true. He's amazing. You, you know, check this out too. I don't think Rhett, do you guys know Rhett Shull? Um, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Familiar with that. yeah. I don't think he would mind me saying this, but he was the one that pushed Rick to, to start a YouTube channel. Really? So Rhett was, yes. Rhett Shull was interning as as well as Phil. As well as for, Phil, yeah. Yeah, for um, uh, Rick Beato, and they were helping him out and helping him run the studio and stuff. And Rhett was the guy who was like, hey, you should you should really think about doing this and kind of showed you, him how to you do it know and got stuff. started. Yeah. 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 This and, guy gets and that's, uh, you know, I love that because, you know, without that push, who knows? It's so easy, like, not to do something, you know? It's so easy to be like, yeah, I should do that YouTube channel and then just not do it. Oh, and to have yeah. somebody in your yeah. corner that's like, no, 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 you should, you should do this. Because everybody's was... got on that imposter syndrome. Oh. And, you know, we're like, 
I don't know if I want to start doing that. I don't know. Am I, do I have anything to say? Do I not say mm. Rick felt that way? But, you know, a lot of people do. And so to have someone in your corner, I think, like saying, hey, you should do it, I think is, you know, valuable. Very, very valuable. The pandemic was that for me. COVID was like, hey, you, you should really start this YouTube channel. I was like, okay, you know what? You've got this. I'll do it for you. Because you have no other option. Like, <laughs> yeah. you can't play a gig. You can't. <laughs> yeah, man. Let's do yes. this or you'll, you'll, you will explode. Um, yeah. Oh, I was the other way around. I was the other way around the pandemic. My day job exploded in bit. Well, I, I sold, not to go into too much detail, I sold a remote teaching resource platform before the pandemic. So then it went from bothering people for like six months with no reply to those people ringing me all oh. day, every day, being like, the you know, whatever whatever it costs, we're buying it. Amazing. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, well, and, and you then know. I quit. <laughs> okay. And are you are you full time base now? Are you just uh, basing up a storm? I am. I on. am. I am professionally unemployed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I but mean, yeah, the yeah, full time full... for me too. Oh, sorry, yeah. sorry, Chris. I was just about to say, yeah, full time. Essentially, kind of like I got my own band, but but financially, it's kind of like weddings, corporate gigs, yep. stuff like that. That's the that's the that what's that's what pays the bills. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. I've done a bunch of that too, and I mean, you know, when it all went away for me. In the pandemic, I was so, I mean, man, I felt really fortunate. Scott from SBL called and was like, hey, could we, you know, have you come in and do some stuff? And I was like, no, because I can't go into a studio. I mean, he was like, will you film some stuff for us? Because their business, you know, Chris, like you were saying, they exploded. Like SBL exploded during the pandemic because everyone was sat at home and like, maybe, maybe now it's time to learn how to play the bass. So Scott was like, hey, man, um, can you go in and do some stuff for us? I said, I cannot because there's no, like no studios are open. He was like, what yeah, if we yeah, sent yeah. you a light? He was like, what if we sent you, it's right there, that light wow. that I'm using right now. He's like, what if we yeah. sent you a light and a tripod and you know, you just shoot with your iPhone and that's how I started. That's how I wow. started. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, I guess. And then I, oh. you know, you guys know, right. You get thrust into this. Like if you want to do a podcast or content, there's so much to know beyond like playing the bass. It's so oh, much absolutely. about like frame rate and all, you know. Yeah, all this stuff you hadn't even thought about before. <laughs> stuff you just have to learn totally. now, I guess. Yeah, yes. and in and in today's day and age, it's like I just th- being selfishly thinking of myself here. It's like it'd be the same for you, and it will be the same for Johnny. I can't just be a good bass player. I have right. to be a, so- a social media manager, an audio engineer, a videographer, a video editor. Um, I have to think about marketing. I have to be business savvy it's yep. like the sort you can't just be good at yeah. base i mean i'm not but that's not the point but yeah it's 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 yeah. mental like we we were umming and ahhing with taking this yeah. with video for like a long time way before yeah. we actually did and i'll be honest it was probably me who was slowing it down more because i was very much like well i, I mean i own a camera but i yeah. don't even know how to plug it into a computer um, I've never done, I've never, I've never lit anything before. Yes. You know, I don't know what I'm doing right. at all. It you was wouldn't just guess that, though. Light. Look at this sexy light. You wouldn't guess that. I know. Look at oh, that. Look at that, eh? Looks yeah, all right, it's it? a vibes. It's very nice. I've been watching, I've been watching a lot of David Fincher lately. So I'm very much like, <laughs> we were actually, before you came on, we were going to start the episode like this and then just be kind of like, <laughs> hello, I didn't load, Ian. Didn't load my camera. <laughs> I'd like, I want to play a game. <laughs> do you like that's bass? amazing 
That's amazing. <laughs> I should have just, I, I should have just done this. Just. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. For those of you listening to this episode, um, I hate you. But also for those of you just listening, Ian just turned his camera off. <laughs> he just yeah, flipped was, us off. It was awful. <laughs> this is great banter. It really is. Oh well. <laughs> To get to know you a little bit better, Ian, um, yeah. we like to start off with three quick-fire questions uh, to you know, hit the ground running. So I'm going to start things off. This might be a tough decision, knowing your your arsenal. Um, mm. What would you say is your number one? Uh, I'm going to answer. The house it in is on ways. fire. God, the house I is know. on fire. Every, the, right. the kids are out. Every, every, that's all okay. You're I running mean, in. For one base. I what will say this. Here's the thing. I I have been playing this base so much mm-hmm. lately. This is the Mike Lull IMA4, which is a collaboration I did with Mike Lull. I freaking love this base. When I'm without it, I miss it. It's a hybrid between a jazz base and a Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. I absolutely freaking love this base. But, but, if the house if were you on say fire, base sticks. Oh my God. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to. I think oh. I've got enough cable. I think I've got enough cable to do this, guys. <laughs> Wish me luck. We're going wireless. Here we go. <laughs> it would be this one. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yes, yeah, of, yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of yeah, course. Yeah, this is a 1978 uh, Antigua Fender Jazz Bass. This was the first, like I knew I wanted a vintage bass at some point. I was in my 20s <laughs> and I bought this um, from a guy on eBay. Craziest thing. Like I found it on eBay and it was 2003, I think. And a couple people had bid, but it wasn't, you know, and I just messaged him and I said, could I, I don't want to bid. I just, could we agree on a price? Would you just be willing to sell it to me? And then yeah, it turned okay. out that we were from a similar place in Montana and we kind of connected and he was like, Hey, I'll sell this base to you for $1,100, which at the time oh my was like Dang. a fair price. And now is, you know, crazy low. These are probably between three and four grand or something. Yes. And I said, great. He said, here's the deal. The only thing is you have to be the highest bidder so that I can cancel the eBay auction. Uh, and I said, oh, oh, he said, because there's bids on it. So he oh, said, so okay. the phone, just bid it up. And then once you have a high bidder, I'll, I'll just shut it down and I'll sell it to you. I said, okay, great. So I started to bid and we got up towards 1100 bucks and it went past Back. and I kept getting outbid. And he was like, it's okay. Don't worry. I'll still sell it to you for that. Just keep going. And it felt like alarms were going off, you know, and, but I kept going and I think we got up to something like $1,700. And then right. finally I was the high bidder and I was like, how oh, this is so awkward because, and he was like, look, I was like, if you want to sell it to that person for that, you can or whatever. And he was like, look, I, I agreed to do it with you. I feel a kinship with you. Let's do it. And I said, okay, amazing. And then he said, I don't take PayPal. You'll have to send me a check. <laughs> so oh and i'm not advising anyone to do this but again you know like i didn't ask my i didn't ask my mom i didn't ask my friends <laughs> i just took all the money i had and wrote this guy a check marty i wrote this cat a check put it in the mail and just prayed and then like a couple weeks later this showed up and it, it's oh, amazing man. Wow. you know and yeah. then you know he would like check in like how's the base doing and um the, the crazy thing about this for 1700 base, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> he got shorted. He got shorted six hundred bucks, but I, I really, it was amazing. Um, Faith in I'm humanity really, restored. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it was very cool. 
And, you know, when it came, it had just a little bit of wear here. And I mean, you know, my arm did all of this wear. I mean, I played, have played the hell out of this bass. Like all the white here, you know, is from like grabbing it, picking it up. And I just have put, I've toured it a lot. It's been on a bunch of different records. Um, I love it. It's very honest sounding. It's not the best sounding jazz bass. It's not the best playing jazz bass, but it's sort of the one that I put the hours in on, you know? Yeah, I understand. And I'm a firm believer that there's not like one holy grail out there, even though like you were saying before we started to record, like, but I'll keep looking. Like, I don't think able to mind me. Yeah. What if there is? is (laughs) I know. I have spoken. Yeah, this this bass is... um, you know, it's, it's a testament to that thing of like, you fall in love sometimes with not like the best thing, but the thing that you maybe put the work in on, right? Like or me like... and Chris, <laughs> you know, I fell in love with Chris because I put the work in on him. boy, working on that relationship. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's 78 Antigua for sure. Yeah. yeah. Very Damn. nice. I tell you that, that base made me enjoy Antigua. Because oh, before, really? years before, I was like, oh, God, vomit burst. Jeez. Yeah, I know, I know. And then I saw you with yours, and I was like, oh, my God, no. No, I get it. That, I'd, I'd never heard of it. I'd, I'd never heard of it oh, until, really? I saw, yeah. like, until I saw Ian in some sort of Instagram video. And I immediately yeah. went, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Not this, elitism, not this elitism, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. it's a, it's very polarizing. Yeah. And people call it vomit burst or mold burst or like mold burst you know, is good. Yeah. Mold Trek burst. burst. Is good. Or like, but I think it's beautiful. I think it, like my grandparents had uh, appliances that were kind of that like avocado green. I don't know if that was over oh, yeah. in the UK, but yeah. Oh, it was yeah, like yeah, a yeah. total time in the States where, you know, like green kind of avocado green, yellowy gray was kind of hip and it was, in everybody's kitchen and so this sort of reminded me of my grandparents house and it just is it's such a vibe and i love it that not everybody likes it you know like it's kind of the middle finger to like a 10 top and bird inlays do you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it's like a little bit of like a of like a nah we don't need to be fancy um you know in fact we're, we're going to use this odd kind of like rotten egg finish <laughs> I don't know, man. I I absolutely love it, but yeah, it is. I guess an acquired taste. Beautiful. I'm a big fan. Someone actually asked on Instagram. This isn't this isn't related to like. It's not one of the, the questions yeah. we're going for in the end. But someone asked, "Why do you? Why have you left the sort of the Jameson ashtray kind of the pickup cover on oh, the neck? Yeah. Why have you left that on, dude? That's so, never I, tried one. Never played. I was one. excited. I was excited to answer this question. So this came with both covers. Because there was another, you know, there's a giant oh, bridge yeah, cover the that goes over line. the bridge yeah, and yeah. pick up. And if anybody, well, you know, speaking to the audience, like Leo Fender never, ever meant for the bridge and the pickups to be visible. Mm. Sort of like, you know how like, do you guys have Chipotle in the in the UK? It's like a burrito place. We 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 do not. Okay. We have burrito okay. chains, but they're probably yeah. not that good. Like in the States in the 90s, Chipotle was like this franchise that came in, like a fast food burrito place. And all the like HVAC, like the heating and AC and stuff was exposed. Like, and you know, in businesses, everything is like, you know, in the 80s, oh. like drop ceilings and you hide all that. Well, they oh, were like, the uh, like, like we work, we work offices yes. are like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Where the, you see the pipes and, and yeah. that became kind of hip. Yeah. Well, this like to Leo Fender not having something covering the bridge in the pickup would be like not having covers over your electrical outlets. 
right. like, just okay, kind yeah. of feels unfinished. Yeah. So he did it for aesthetics and also to put the mutes back in the bridge. But he just thought that these things were ugly and they were never meant to be seen. And um, I think that's, I get such a kick out of that. And they look so cool. And when I got the bass, I was, you know, taking off the covers. And my wife was like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm taking these off. And she's like, why? And I was like, because you can't play with them. Like nobody can. <laughs> Like you no can't deciding like, where yeah, I that's play. Insane, you know. I mean, you got this <laughs> space. And then she said, "Have people learned to play with them on?" And I said, "Yes." And you were. And then she, she said, "Shot down." Yeah. And then she said, "Man up." <laughs> <laughs> and so, so, so you went halfway then. <laughs> yeah, I did. This one I can't do because I play a lot with a pick and I like palm muting. And I, stuff, I was going to say I don't. I don't yeah. think I would be able to do that. I do a lot yeah. of palm muting. This one though. I think is actually really cool because it gives you sort of like hand presets. So check it out. Like I love playing, you know, you put your thumb here and you play right behind. Okay. Um, that's a great sound. And I love this position on the bass. The other one is Jamerson where you do thumb on it, three fingers on it and play in front. That's yeah, totally like yeah, the Jamerson yeah. approach, yeah. like just one finger. And that's such a comfortable way to do it. And then the other way is like the sting where you put your palm on it or the Marcus Miller you put your palm on it and then you're either playing with your thumb or you're slapping. Right. So like that, it's sort Very of like interesting. you're either behind Ugh. it, in front of it, palm on it. And to me, I just got really used to it to where then when I started playing other bases without them, I kind of, I kind of missed it. So the dare, it was totally a dare for my wife that just loves to tease me. You know, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's why I, that's why I left it on originally. And then I got really used to it. The next one should be you'd be covering all of the strings, but like now try. Now yeah, try well. in. Yeah. All right, big man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why'd yeah. you need four strings? <laughs> Ian, yeah. if people learn how to play without pedals. <laughs> yeah. You check that back. Well, no. Head check stomps gone in the bin. <laughs> Head check something like right. yeah, three just, leaf octave are gone. Immediately. You just conjugate everything. Do you even need a oh. bass? Like what if you just are like what if you just do say, it yeah, yeah, yeah. You turn into like Gregorian chanting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. Amazing. Well, um, we should probably move on to the second quick fire question. <laughs> I'm so sorry, God. I am not a quick fire guy. So oh, this I, is I, uh... this is nothing. This is nothing. You should see the ones me and Johnny do on our own. All right. <laughs> just talk just talk at each other, not even yeah. listening. Uh question two. We would like you to describe your bass playing in three words oh man okay yeah. good luck with that um i would like to think the first one is supportive but i would like to think the second one is creative and i would like to think the third is aesthetic Ooh. Explain that last one, please. Oh, okay. yes. And you didn't say punchy. Everyone says punchy. <laughs> so that's quite punchy, nice. No. Punchy. I think um, I tend to think more about the sonic aesthetic versus notes. So um, Scott and I talk about this a lot where like he he grew up loving fusion and loving. I mean, he's a great soloist and he's thinking about harmony and he's thinking about notes and he's playing with that in mind. And I went the other way. So I'm more of like a pop um, rock player yeah. where i'm thinking about the sound of the note way more than the note so mm. i'm never really thinking about oh here's the fill that i want to play almost never i'm thinking about what's the sound that's going to be the, the 
the thing that's going to make the artist happy, right? So I never, I feel like I never, ever get hired to play a bunch of notes or, and that sounds reductive. And I don't mean that as a slam. Like I don't get hired for my uh, pyrotechnic or like phenomenal playing. I get hired to make a part, a simple part, and to hopefully make it sound really good. So that's why I guess I think supportive for me is I always want to be serving the song. That's the way I'm, you know, boring, but right. I mean, I really do. We, we um, say it all the time. Don't worry about it. I, yeah. I have a, I have a phrase all day, every day. And if this comes up on the SBL podcast, I, I will know. Um, <laughs> I always say we are the best supporting actor. Like oh, we're not great. Leonardo DiCaprio, we're Tom Hardy. That's what we're going for. Oh, yes. that's what you want. It's everything I, mean, I want. It's like, I, okay, so yes. And, and I will say, and... I think that if you're just in support mode, I find that if I'm just supportive, I sometimes yearn for, I don't only want to be supportive. I want to mm. actually play a part or a sound that's going to make it better. And that's- Well, this is uh, why- No, yeah. go on. You finish. You finish. That's like, maybe that's ego and maybe that's kind of um, presumptuous, but I do always, in a session- I'm always trying to think like what, okay, yes, base level pun always intended is support the song. But then next level for me is, can I do something that will make a statement that will make the song better? Like, is it a sub hook? Is it a line? Is it a sound that's going to make the artist go fuck like that is better than it was before. That's well, what I want. And I'll tell you why. I'll yeah. tell you why. So this is why I like my supportive actor um, analogy. Would that be the right yeah. word? Or met maybe metaphor? I don't know. Um, as opposed to being like a background dancer or extra. So best supporting actor is still the supporting actor. Totally. But most of the time we'll have moments where they are front and center. Right. Like, have, have you two seen Oppenheimer? I haven't. Wish I had. Uh, okay, no. right. Well, so not really any spoilers. I heard it's the bomb. <laughs> hey, <laughs> never heard that one before. Okay, right. I'll do you a better one. Have you seen the Barbie movie? I yes. haven't. Uh, Ian, oh, I know. I'm ruining. I'm ruining your analogies. But I get. Yeah, it. you really have. Okay, right. Okay. In both of those movies, obviously the main the main actor is is Margot Robbie and yeah. Killian Murphy, respectively. And the supporting actor would be Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt. Okay. Both of those people are the supporting actor, but in several moments of the film, th they are, you know, they are front and center, but yeah, overall it's a supportive role. Emily Blunt has two specific sections in Oppenheimer where she just crushes it. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, in it's one of them where she says like, and again, this is why it works with bass. She has like two lines in each Whoa. of these scenes, and the both moments where you just go, oh, oh yeah, like yeah, that at yeah. the end of them. So that's why I kind of use best supporting actor that's, as a that's phrase. Great. That's the yeah. noise I want to hear every baseline I'm playing. You know, someone <laughs> just going, <laughs> losing their shit in the background. No one has ever done that with me. If anything, they've gone, can we turn him down in the break? Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a bit much. Uh, Double yeah. thumbing over I, wham tunes. <laughs> I am. Yeah. I had someone. It, it's it's so true what you're saying, and like, uh, yeah. it's choosing those moments to to step out and to make a moment so much better, knowing when to hold back. I had someone. I was at house party weirdly some many moons ago. When was this? <laughs> a long time ago. How old um, are you? Well, <laughs> it was last week. 
21st birthday the other day. Um, <laughs> I... Liar. I, I've lost my train of thought now. You were at a house party. House party. Trillex was playing. Where all good things happen. Um, and somebody... We're talking about bass, of course, because uh, it's my personality. And the person was <laughs> the person was saying, like, well, they were also a bass player. It wasn't just talking their ear off. They said, <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. well, you know, a bass... Bass players, they don't... I said, oh, I don't feel like I'm that good, though, because, like, I don't do all this fancy stuff. And he was like, yeah, but that's not what makes you necessarily a good player. He said, right. it's, it's knowing when to play those things and knowing uh, how to do it and, and little bits that can make it so much better. He said, that will go a million miles more in 90% of time you're playing. And I was like, oh, my Very God, brain unlocked. Like, oh, my God. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, so that's especially... why I never practiced again. Yeah, it's like, oh, cool. Happy, happy with my progress thus far. I think that's absolutely true, especially if you um, are a side musician, right? And you're playing for other artists. I think that I think like the place where it it flexes from that is when you want to be your own thing or like write your own music or be an artist or, you know, I've seen this shift in friends of mine where they start out kind of playing a certain thing and then they want to make a record and then they want to a great case in point is Corey Wong. So Corey, um, I grew up playing. I didn't grow up playing, but there was a time period where Corey and I were on a bunch of the same gigs together. He, he grew up in Minneapolis. I moved here and I met him and we played and I played on his first record. I co-wrote a song on Corey's first record. It's the last song on his first record called that's my passport photo. But Corey was doing the thing where he was trying to be the chameleon and he was playing jazz gigs and he was playing wedding gigs and he was playing church and all that stuff. And then, and really trying to fit, really fit everything. Yeah. Yes. And then there came a time where he stepped past that for his artist role, where he was like, I think I want to be a brand, an artist, um, an ambassador for the guitar. Like he went a step further and was like, I'm going to do this thing. And that has been, you know, I have always been a side musician, but somebody that's like, I'm flirting with releasing my own music. And I'm in this sort of time now where I'm not trying to take every session. I'm not taking every gig. I'm taking the ones that I feel like really resonate with my personality and the stuff that I want to do on the instrument. And that's a, that's really a position of privilege. It's, and I understand that. But it's also something that I'm aiming for. It's uh, really important to me that I'm not just making, just saying yes to every opportunity, which I did in my 20s and and some in my 30s as well. But at the ripe old age of 45, really like pursuing the things that creatively fill me and the things that I feel like I'm good at and I'm passionate about versus trying to fit into everybody's thing and play the perfect supportive thing in mm-hmm. every role. Not saying I'm not going to play a simple P-based thing on somebody's track if I say yes to that session, but I find that more and more I'm pulled more to kind of, I don't know, something that resonates with me as more of an artist, which is kind of a highfalutin douchey thing to, I actually don't think that it is. I don't think that it's like a highfalutin douchey thing to say. I I just hear myself say it and I'm uncomfortable with it because I've been the supportive bass player, for, you know, well, for so long. But yeah, I'm well, kind of like, I'll, I'm, I'm I'll almost some, ready to break out. I'll blow some smoke up your, up your bum now, Ian. Um, because, <laughs> you know, when when you said about, you know, Corey thinking about, you know, becoming an ambassador for the guitar, 
I think that's yeah. what you've been doing for the base, mm. like mm. online for for a long time now, and you've right. kind of stepped into that role now of uh, being, you know, for a lot <laughs> yeah. of players, you know, the, the face that people see and, and think about with base. I think mm. now, you know, it's just every person I speak to that that will mention you is just like I love that guy. <laughs> he's great. He's just such a positive attitude. Brings everything he's got to to every single piece of content or thing about base. Just like oozing passion on the wow. screen, and so you know. It's it's obvious that then you then want to go down your own creative route after years of uh, serving, you know, the, the base world and giving yeah. back. Now, you know, you're going full circle. I'm giving back, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, I think though, for me, I really understood like before pre-pandemic, I was listening to a lot of online personalities, and I was thinking about content, and I was thinking about brand, and thinking about like how to build an audience. And that to me was about service. It was about answering questions and it was about being a part of the community. Um, while still, I mean, I'm not everybody's bass player. There are definitely people out there that don't that think what I do is cheesy because I'm not more into jazz or like there's, I'm not for everyone, but I try to just show you all, you know, everybody in the bass community that's paying attention um, what what I do and, and how it's worked for me and how being, you know, I'm making a living doing this in a, in a city that's outside of the norm. I'm, I was too old by the time I got my first, like I'm an outlier there. I was 36 before I went on like my first tour. That's kind of unusual. Um, and just, I play on a bunch of weird, not weird, but pop records and use sounds that I think that people are maybe more using in sort of neo jazz, like Tim LaFave, Jonathan Marin, those guys are using, you know, kind of similar sounds, but in kind of a jazz, like a neo jazz context. And I'm pop guy. So I guess for me, for a long time, I was self-conscious about that. And I was like, oh, maybe I need to be playing more jazz. And I, and then when I turned 40, which was five years ago, I was like, fuck that. I'm going to speak about it. Like I like it. Like I know about it from my perspective only and talk about what um, I find to be interesting about it. And maybe someone else will too. And it just, you know, it really grew from that kind of like flag in the ground of like, I'm not going to uh, have false modesty about it. And I'm also not going to be like, Oh, you know, I don't know. These other guys are cooler and or whatever. I'm just going to be like, here, here's what I do. Um, and I love what I do. And if you want to check it out, here it is for you to check out. You know, and it, yeah, it just grew from there. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. I think, I think nice it takes indeed. a lot to, to not, um, you know, because there's a lot of elitism out there. Um, yeah. and I think it just goes it goes against that, you know, and, and I mean, it's just like, this is something for all of us to enjoy and the positivity that comes with it. Um, yeah, I want to take yeah. things back a little bit now. Please. Scale it back. Uh, go back to the beginning, because uh, the third yeah. quickfire question is, why? Why, Ian? Why, yeah. Ian, did you pick up the bass? I, Why, you know, I wish, I wish that I had like a better, but I, I was really tall, really young. And I was <laughs> bad at like, I was in, you know, in all the sports and I was so bad at basketball. And I remember I've told the story before on the SBL <laughs> podcast, yeah. but, but briefly I like got the ball and shot repeatedly at the wrong basket, missing it. And with the crowd <laughs> roaring at me. And I thought they were like, hell yeah. You know, this is your moment, Ian. But they were all yelling wrong basket. My entire family was in the stands and I kept shooting. I shot three times and missed three times. 
at this basket. And then like a wiry athletic kid from the other team, like laid the ball in and patted me on the shoulder and said like, thanks. And I remember, and like, I looked in the stands and all my like family had their head in their hands, you know? <laughs> and I remember like going back home to my mom saying, I can't do this. Like I'm bad at it. I hate it. And she was like, well, you have to do something besides video games. And I was like, I want to play the drums. And we were in a little house and she was like, nah. <laughs> and I was like, fine, I want to play the stupid bass. Because I had, you know, like a cousin that played the bass, shout out Arison Towner. I had an uncle that played the bass, shout out Roman Richardson. And they were really cool. Um, and I just, I had seen them do it, right? So I was like, maybe I, uh, I didn't want to, I kind of wanted to pave my own way. But since I got the no on the drums, I was like, maybe... Yeah, maybe I'll try the bass. And then I I fell hard for the bass early. So I've never played any other instrument. I never got good at keys. I was never like, oh yeah, I played a little sax, a little guitar. I'm bad at everything else. Um, I really went hard after the bass guitar, a little upright as well. But um, I fell in love with it really early because I was absolute shit at sports. <laughs> You're like, well, if it can't be this, yeah. then... If I'm not slam dunking, I'm slapping bass. <laughs> That's absolutely right. That's absolutely right. Nice. And, I, and I don't regret it at all. And being a tall guy, I guess that's where the you know the Thunderbird enjoyment comes from as well, which you can actually handle one of those beasts. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're really big. Yeah, oh. it's true. Amazing. Well, um, I think we should move on to our, our first uh, listener question. Uh, before we do Let's that, I'll, I want to do a little plug. Uh, thank you so much to everyone that reached out to us on Instagram, on our main account and the private account, left comments, etc. Really, really nice. Make sure you go and follow us at In The Pocket Pod over on Instagram. That's where we're living it up. Uh, so make sure you go and do so. Chris, do you have our first question? Question one, <laughs> which is quite funny because we have almost covered this a tiny bit already. How did you get started as a session musician and how did that progress <laughs> into education? Uh, I started actually as an educator first. I taught oh, bass really? way before I should have. I was like the hot shit teenage bass player in my town, you know? So, okay, so basketball goes so poorly. I'm playing the bass, and then I started to, like, slap and tap and do all that stuff early. I was into Les Claypool and Victor Wooten. So there was a, a store called Jones Music, man, RIP Jones Music in Kalispell, Montana. They needed a bass player. I was a bass player. I was like good. I was like teenage good. I was flashy, right? And they hired me at 17 to be the bass teacher. And it was horrible. I was such a bad teacher. I was enthusiastic, but I was showing everybody how to go like, oh, wait. <laughs> I was showing everyone how to go like like isn't that cool you can play a fifth a nine and this and then you can break down I mean I was doing just the stupidest stuff with my students and they were all coming out like tapping and slap I mean so terrible so yeah I, I'm like, so can we just sorry. do smoke oh, on the water please <laughs> no <laughs> yeah like, I was like, no, you don't want to do that. You want to do this. And so, you know, yeah, that's how I started as like a bad overcompensating teacher. Um, but then I was in a band. I was in this rock band called Down and Above for ages. We worked with a producer. Um, whenever I answer this question and I try to do it quickly, like on, uh, you know, how do you get into playing sessions? 
I will always say it's just about relationship. And so building relationship in your career is the most important asset. I mean, yes, you got to play skills, all that being a good bass player, a good hang, yeah, blah, blah, but it's about people. And so I, you know, my band worked with this producer and connected with him and sort of seeing the relationships as bigger than just the task at hand, Matt Kirkwald, incredible. He, you know, produced a, uh, a record of my band it was called down and above the records called anodyne. And we, I learned so much from this guy. I was like 10 years, my senior about that, maybe eight. And he just knew everything. It was just this wealth of info and he was encouraging and cool. And he hired me for a session. And on that session, it was like for a fiddle player, it was like pop country kind of. And I was so excited because I wanted to be a session player and I brought in, you know, some different basses. And I think, you know, I had at the time a Billy Sheehan attitude bass that I was like, this bass is way better than a Fender. Like, see, it's a P bass too, but it's, yeah, I think I even, this is so embarrassing. I even think I called it like the Fender Hunter. That's That's so stupid. You know, like just like stupid overcompensating, you know, I was 24 or something and I will never forget. Like we played and I'd prepared and we played. And then, um, you know, there was one tune about three songs in where he was like, Hey, in the bridge, let's do like a McCartney thing. And I swear to God, I didn't quite know what he was talking about because my Beatles, if I'm honest, my Beatles knowledge was not good. I was like a metal kid, pop music, hip hop kid. And so I was like, is he like, I wonder. And he's like, you know, like Paul McCartney, the Beatles. And I was like, oh, sure. And all I could think of was like, he played high, you know, like all I think of was like, he played high up on the bass, you know? So (laughs) she was like, do something like McCartney would on the bridge. And I swear to God, I was like, <laughs> you know, like just playing as high as I could on the bass. And we tried a few things and he stopped and he said, um, Hey, let's be done. And what I'd like you to do is go out and buy Beatles number ones and go buy Hitsville, USA. The Jamerson, do you know anything about Motown? And I was like, No. And he was like, Okay, Beatles number ones is when you're still buying CDs, right? Beatles number ones, Hitsville, USA. Digest that material, learn some of that music. And then call me. And I said, okay. And he said, so we're done. And I said, okay. And it, it dawned on me that I got fired. You like it, like the weight it settled on me. And I like packed up my stuff, you know, and I like went out to my car and I I got to my car, put all of it in it. And I sat in my car and it was raining and I cried (laughs) and wept. And then I went to the record store. And I bought Beatles number ones and I bought Hitsville USA and I did that stuff. And that was a huge, like going through that with him. And then we worked on other stuff. You know, that he was amazing. Matt Kirkhold is amazing. He's a great producer, great guitar player. And and I always tease him with this story now, you know, now we've, we've done sessions together and I'm like, remember when you fired me? And he's like, Oh my God. But it was really good. And, and, you know, it takes somebody that cares about you to actually do that. Right. Like he could have just been like, ah, it's not working out and kind of been like, yeah, man, I'll call you later. And then I didn't know why I never got called back, but he was like, you suck. Here's why fix it. You're it's in your power to fix it. He was like, you know, you're a good player, man. Like if, if you just want to play in your band forever, that's fine. But if you want to be a session player and you don't have McCartney and Jamerson as references, it's a problem, like a problem. And I was like, okay, got it. And so for me, it began this thing of like, 
I used to think that music was about my likes and dislikes. Like I like that and I'm about that and that sucks. But it, it was the beginning of my journey of no, no, no. Like music is just text. It's all lanes. You might not like each lane, but it's all lanes. So you need to know what John Paul Jones did with Zeppelin. Even if you're a Beatles guy, you need to know what Colin Greenwood did with Radiohead, even if you know, you're know you more of a Rage Against the Machine guy. Right? Like you have to, as a session musician, you have to have those references. And I started to delight in learning more about music and going, oh, Hoffner. Oh, he played a lot of notes and kind of up high because it didn't sustain. And like, oh, this is so interesting. And so for me, it was like that began this incredible journey of curiosity about music and about different instruments and different vintage instruments. Um, and it was huge. So I have Matt Kirkhold to thank for starting me on that journey. Wow. Wow. That's a, I, there's so much even now that I've learned from this, you know, <laughs> stuff you <can> take away. <laughs> um, what, what would you say is like, the thing you know in that moment when you're like oh god like do i suck yeah oh, this isn't good yeah what did you learn about your playing in that moment because you think like oh i can technically do this but i just don't have to know how like yeah um i learned that playing very simply and coming up with ideas was more important than anything else that it was so much more important like my references that if someone said Tame Impala, or if someone says that now, or someone says Glass Animals, or someone says Muse, that I can that I can hear it in my mind. Um, and I think with all of those ideas at your disposal, if you really are versed in Wooston Holmes playing, or you really are versed in you know Jerry Jamont's playing or something, you those things can come out in your own playing. And so for me, I learned that like okay, I was I could I could go on the bass quickly and I could play fast scale passages. Like I was technically a, a pretty good player kind of early on. Like I could play fast. There was proficiency in kind of yes. like, like yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. But my ideas were shitty and my references were shitty or they weren't shitty. They were just limited. I should say that my ideas and references were limited. And I think that then that really hurt me going into early sessions where I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm a badass. I could play fast. And I mean, I, you know, and that doesn't help you in the studio. You need time. You need taste. You have to play it with great time, with great taste and with really informed references, like decades of music listening at your, you know, at your behest, you have to have that, I think. And, and you, everyone starts not with that, but that's what you are hopefully like garnering along the way. And I think for me, it was just a painful process of beginning thinking I was the baddest, you know, and then realizing, oh, I suck. Like I suck in a lot of ways. And so um, for me, it was just like trying to fill in those gaps and figure out who, man, I got to address this head on. Because if I want to do this, um, I'm seeing now that like, this is really important to get a hold of uh, a hold of this part of my playing, you know, because in the beginning, everyone is uh, excited by your flashiness as a teenager. Everybody's excited about the extended techniques like slapping. I just watched your the thing on Instagram of you guys talking about slapping and how, you know, and I was so into it, you guys. I mean, I was like double thumbing and I mean, I was so into that stuff. And then you realize that that does not help you in the studio. <laughs> 99% of the time that does nothing for you. In fact, it can hurt you. 
So, you know, more like playing along to records and understanding your musical references is where it really came for me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because a lot of the clips you might see of, ba of bass players going viral or stuff online is the double thumbing, is yeah. the crazy stuff because it's mind blowing. It's like, wow, yeah. that's the stuff that right. makes it's an Im It's an impressive thing to see on, on social media. It's like yes. uh, Jacob Imansky's double thumb technique Dude. is unbelievable, yes. obviously. It's unbelievable. But if you sat him down and went, we're doing a Jackson 5 gig, he, right. he'd crush that as well, wouldn't he? Or like, he you would. know. You know, like if you hired him for a wedding, he'd absolutely nail it, and you would, would never see a double thumb. Because Dude. yes, Umansky is an absolute monster. He is such a monster, and I think that you're totally right. He has amazing taste, and he can do anything. Um, the thing about that guy, though, is that like he's doing that extended technique stuff in a place that makes so much sense. You know, yeah, like she out of anybody should be double thumbing and thumping. You know, and tapping and all that stuff because the intervals music really requires it. It's so, so almost almost like you're you're not serving the song by not doing that. Right. It's like the music the music almost calls for that style. You have to have. It's like yeah. if you if it's like if uh, Polyphia got a new bass player and he was like a he was like a a, a Duff McKagan <laughs> like Duff right. McKagan Mike yeah. Durnt you know like a. I'm, I'm apes with a pick and don't yeah. get me wrong yeah. they're insanely yeah. good yes. but it's like nah this is this sucks like, now this what we need is, just doesn't is, work is that uh, what you need yeah yeah and it, you know like it, it's just it comes down to lanes I mean there's a great example of you know that um, Les Claypool uh, auditioned for Metallica I would kill to see that I would have I know, Metallica me are my favourite band dude like, I wish that videotape existed maybe somewhere it does I wonder if anyone was recording but like, and they, no, the, they will have been, it will have been recorded hundred, hundred percent. I, I wonder, I mean, I would die to see that. Um, I love Metallica as well. And I love Primus and just to see, you know, like two completely different things, but both incredible, both incredible, incredibly creative and like completely like music world changing. Uh, and they just don't go together. <laughs> you no, know, and I, I think mean, they even like, said that right. when they like halfway through the, the audition and they both looked at each other and went. This is not working. Right? That <laughs> yeah, I am not yeah. the guy for you, and you are not the band for me. <laughs> yeah, but, and, but I mean, thank God, because then it's like we got Primus, you know? Yeah, and we got and Jason Newstead, which is like he's like my exactly. top three favorite bass players ever. Oh Maybe man, five. amazing! I've been five. Yeah, myself too. He's I in. He's in the top five. Yeah. Top five. Yeah, I he's just top five for me. What we, what we need is for someone close to Jacob to be like, "Well, you're not a real man if you're not playing a four string Hofner." Are you? And he's like, throw up. Oh. <laughs> Double thumb on one of those. Just like gaslights him. Just like your your action is that low, really, dude. <laughs> dude, you're probably not getting a very like strong sound because your action's so low. I mean, <laughs> I, like you Jacko asked, only needed four. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think though, if he were, if he had, if he dedicated his life not to doing the thing he's doing, like with intervals and with his other band, that's like tech metal. But if he was like, I'm going to be a bass player in Nashville and do sessions, he could absolutely do that. And it wouldn't be the six string dingwall and it wouldn't be double thumbing, but he would have the, the wherewithal, right. To know, oh, okay. Maybe for this session, I'm bringing the P bass and you know, it, it's because he's taken that risk on being an artist that he has afforded the, you know, like the time and uh, the place, the right place to do that music and to 
play those techniques. It's because he's taken that risk of like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be one of the world's greatest. I actually think he is. I think he's one of the best in the world at doing those techniques. He's a bad, oh, yeah. bad dude. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. In that, yeah, in that corner of playing. Yes. I, I, I mean, maybe, um, um, so I forgot his name. Is it Clay something from Polyphia? Gober. Uh, Clay Gober. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, he'd yep. be up there. Um, He's a beast too. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, even and then as you expand that kind of like when I think of like double thumbing and like really like slapping, it's like, yeah, you've got people like Mark King, but um, even Who he's like? not. Yeah, it's still aggressive slapping and it's very like fast and double thumby and lots of gorse notes, but he's not a, a Jacob Imansky style. Oh. It, oh, seems, dude. It's crazy, isn't it? And yeah. you raised a, a really good point before we move on about um, relationships. Mm. Uh, I get, like, even someone like a, a relative-sized uh, content creator like me, <laughs> I get people messaging me going like, oh, what kind of, like, stuff should I be posting to get work online? Oh, right. And I'm very honest, and I say, I've got to be honest with you, I have done one gig in three years yeah. where the person has come to me through social media. You know, oh, like, I, mean, a, I saw your videos, noticed you live within two hours of us, and we need a bass player. Right. One, everyone else has been, oh, you played with uh, you played with Joel the other week. Uh, yeah. He said you were good. Uh, I need a depth. Or, oh, hey, blah, 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 it, we were, is our depth, but he's not available, but he recommended you. It's yes. all just been like kind of like I don't like to say who you know because that kind of sounds a bit more elitist, but it's very much like a oh this you know like he's cool get him or like oh I know him he's good we'll get him you know it's like it's all it's just it's unfortunate well not even unfortunately it is that simple that's it's how simple absolutely true that's how yeah. simple and that pays my bills just from being which is mad because like I think I'm a dick but. That's just me. Oh, mate, mate, Johnny's like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> Man, check my boss. A friend of mine, I can't remember. I can't actually remember who it was that said this. I wish I could credit them properly, but said to me, it's actually not who you know, but it's who knows you. Oh, I, yeah, yeah. Good one. Because you could know, like, I, I know, I think I know John Mayer. I mean, he doesn't know me. <laughs> you know, like, I know him. I I'm also like, think, oh, I, also think I, know, I know John I know Mayer. Him. Yeah, maybe I'd love to play, but he doesn't know me, right? So I think partly it's about getting, exactly like you say, gigs, especially gigs in your town where you're working come from you being a part of other gigs, doing great at that other gig. And so someone's like, oh, who's on the gig? Oh, it's Chris? Oh, thank God. Like, that's what you want, right? That's what I want when someone is like, hey, who's on it? And they're like, oh, Ian. And I want people to go, oh, okay, cool, good. Or like, oh, yeah. hire Ian. He'll do a good job. Like, there's he'll a, learn the music. There's he'll an, bring cool sounds or whatever, right? Absolutely. There's an amazing quote from Guy Pratt, who's in the top five, by the way. I love Guy uh, Pratt. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, Guy Guy Pratt has a, a, a quote that I hope I'm not misquoting it too much, but I can't remember what it was an interview for. It wasn't It wasn't the long-form interview you guys did with him. Yeah. Which I would also say, by the way, is like top 10 favorite YouTube video of all time. Oh, man, that's 100%. that's really meaningful to me. He's so yeah. good. Awesome. Thank that, you. That, that, that is so, so good. And your, your Michael League interview from a few weeks ago. Yeah. Mm. Oh, right on. Thank you. Well, good. good. We really enjoyed it. Um, But the uh, someone's asking, it's like, what what advice would you give to session players? And Guy yeah. Pratt literally goes, just be a laugh. Just be a laugh. Oh, yeah. Because he talks about 
the producers he's worked with or the artists he's worked with, the musical director, for example, will be like, need a bass player for this. Pulls up the mobile phone. There's 200 bass players in, in yes. the phone book. Yes. And all of them can play. All of them can right. play the parts. That's not up for debate. Uh-huh. What are they going to do? They're going to go, oh, we'll get Guy in. Guy's a laugh. Yeah, like he's Who fun energy to be, be around. Here? Yes, that's that's always been my thing. It's like I've always been kind of like, I, I try my best always to be like, right, I'm on time, I'm professional, I'm yes. easy going, right. I'm fun to be around, which is funny because behind closed doors, I'm a massive stress head. But <laughs> on the gig at work, everything is very much like, a, oh, you know, we don't have this cable. Ah, don't worry about it. We'll, we'll make it work. Cool you know, as it's a cucumber. Like, yeah. cool, as a, cool as a cucumber. Yeah. Absolutely. I very, find too, like, very good advice. Preparation, too. Like, you have to. Um, I found when I started to do the Eric Hutchinson gig, he's an artist that I've been playing with for about 10 years, and I'm his musical director now. And when I started that gig, I remember doing it with another, there was another sub, a sub drummer on the gig, too. And I had prepared so much because I really wanted to do great. I really liked his music. The sub drummer had prepared a little less. And before the gig, was frantically like looking at notes and asking about like oh when we go to the bridge do we do that and i thought oh it filled me with dread yeah and uh... you know and i thought to myself man i i really want to show up and do a great job and and so that the music is just like you say like guy pratt you know he's gonna learn the music so then that's done that you're not talking about the music it's over you're talking now about like oh hey um how are your kids? Or like, oh, did you see that movie? Or you're you're being yeah. in life with them. You're not yeah. going, oh my God, uh, how is the intro eight bars or sixteen? Or like that that's done. That's yeah. over. That's well in your rear view mirror. And I've been that guy. I've I've been that guy. I've been you know, I've just talked about being prepared and stuff like that, but I've been the, you know, I've got to the gig and gone. My idea of an acceptable level of practice and preparation for this show huh. was absolutely <laughs> Not even in the right ballpark. <laughs> I have two, if I'm honest. You know, like, oh, oh yeah. I mean, but it's part of, of the learning course. curve. Yes. Because I remember I did a gig and I was so stressed. Yeah. Like, I got through it luckily, but it was one of those where it's like, if I could have ran it five times, I ran it once. Uh, and yeah. it was like, <laughs> I was eyes glued to the charts. You yeah. know, like my form was on a stand like this. <laughs> yeah, I didn't blink. Course. I didn't blink for an hour. Oh, I and know. I was like, screen mm, locks, like, you're gone. So, oh, I was yeah. being I was being so dumb. Like I'd pulled up PDF charts of songs that were that were sheet music, and I yes. can read sheet music, but I but I can't fucking sight read it. Right, and I'm like Same. I'm sat I'm sat there going, "You idiot! We are yep. never doing this again." Ever. I know, and I've, never, and I've never done that since. Oh man, ever. and I think everybody's been in that boat, right? Even the people that talk about preparation, like uh, I got to interview Amos Heller from Taylor Swift's band, and he talked about his level of prep is really intense. He, I, oh, looked, I don't like know if you guys songs a day. Oh yeah, I've yeah two songs a day. Yeah, I've listened to it twice. Man, <laughs> he is he is an incredible example of what like professionalism looks like. And you know when he was talking about two songs a day, and I mean I'm going yeah yeah, and then I'm thinking God, remember that time I you know crammed twelve songs in and wrote I mean, them all out and oh. I mean yeah, yeah. I did I, the the day of recording to today I I've just learned 17 songs Amazing. for yeah. a, for a wedding and I'm like I don't get me wrong I would much rather I would much rather give it like maybe three songs a day four songs sure. a day and and just you're like 
I, I know the songs. Like, don't get me wrong. I get them to a gigable standard, but I don't know the line. I know, like, right. you know, here's the chords, here's the style, here's this kind of thing. Yep. No one in the audience is going to notice. But if you recorded me and A B'd the <laughs> sure. original recording of yeah. what I'm doing, you'd be like, yes, yeah, it's, it's the yeah. same. It works, but it's not the part. Yeah. You know, that kind yeah. of thing. I mean, you know, if you had a. I but think I'm also is... not playing for Taylor Swift. Well, so right. I, and... You know. And, you know, I think if Amos was was subbing, you know, like if he was doing a wedding gig, I yeah, don't know. Yeah, last minute do, wedding gig. You know, there's, there's 80 tunes, so he's going to take 40 days, you know, to, to prepare. <laughs> I think probably, you know, he'd probably be reading a little too. But I think like it was just a really interesting thing to think about. Like if you're playing someone's original music or you're showing up for an audition or it's not a wedding thing, it's eight tunes or it's a, you know, 75 minute set. Man, if you can have that memorized... Um, like I play with this artist Dessa and for her in the very beginning, there was a couple tunes that I still had to have on charts and it was so stressful. And what happened is it would rob me of the joy of the reward yes. of playing live. Yes. Yeah. Because be playing live is the reward. It's all like it, it is the culmination of all this work that we do and all of like, what strings am I going to put on the, what cable am I like? It's the it's all gone. Reward. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. The dopamine response of playing the gig. Yes, it's not there because you aren't. Because when you think about it, like if I'm doing this for ninety minutes, like yeah. I'm not playing a gig. I know. I, I'm sat. Yeah. You're not looking at the drummer. You're not. There's no. Exactly. There's not a that. There's not that human interaction. Like I, I did a gig last weekend with a band I've played with Lords, and th this was like the first time the set has been all the way up here in muscle memory. Yeah. And oh my God, it was just another big difference. It was just, it, I'm never going back, it, but, but you, you're absolutely right. You're yes. so right about, you know, the charts versus, oh, I know the song. Okay, cool. Well, the muscle memory's there now. I'm yep. not thinking about the part while I'm playing. What am I doing now? Oh, I'm making eye contact with the crowd. I'm keeping exactly. an eye on the drummer. Like, oh, chorus two, the drummer did this fill. I wonder if he'll do it again, the last chorus. Yes. Maybe I'll try and match him. Oh, he did. And yeah, you both have that little look of like, that was cool. Yeah, but if yes. you're glued to a chart, yeah. you, you don't get that magic, and you don't get the dopamine and the rush, and then you just get in your car on the way home and go, "Yeah, I got paid, but did I have fun?" For, then? I don't really. Know. Yeah, my um, my thing is uh, that like uh, when I play live, I'm I'm the one that's moving the most on stage, you know. Uh, and I I play in a Nirvana Foo Foo Fighters tribute bands, and so it's fun. pretty energetic and it's like not crazy complicated. So I feel like I can I can. Not, not brain off, obviously, but like I can. Well, no brain off. I'd call it brain off. You know, it's, wrong with it's that. just having fun, and and yes. it doesn't go quite right. It's kind, of, it's kind of okay, like, and it works, sure. and and it's my um, connection with the audience that's that's yeah. driving it, and like I'll go out in the crowd, you know, and have a good time and all this. And, oh, fun. and people come up to me afterwards. So occasionally, they'll be like, "Oh, great, great play, Every great gig. tone." Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, but you know, most things they were like, Oh, you were having the best time, you're having such yes. a good time, and it just reflects you're like a mirror, you know, like yeah. you're what's happening on stage goes off to them as well. So, absolutely, yeah, yeah. play that green wall. Imagine if you didn't know that music and you were staring at, at charts that you'd made on the floor. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. 
Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Like it would rob you of the joy of that experience and it would rob the audience of it too. And it's like, man, when people are like, how do you memorize songs? It's like, dude, put in the time. Because the moment you get on that stage, that is the reward. Like, yes. I, that's what we've been doing this for. Yeah. <laughs> right? You've, you've, so, you've like, raised in the work. such yeah. a good point there. Like, I, I'd like, if anything, I mean, it, it's the afternoon for you, but it's the evening for me. And then now I'm like, oh, I really wish I didn't have to get up early tomorrow. But now I want to practice. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's absolutely true. Um, is now a good time to move on to question number two? Yeah, let's do I it. I think so. Probably. One hour in. <laughs> <laughs> it's an all-nighter, Johnny. Uh, and that's fine by me. Um, again, we have we have touched on some elements of this. And this is a... I'm really glad we're doing this question in particular because this was something I was interested mm. in as well. Um, being an MD, mm, yeah. what, what is that? And also, as a follow-up question, how does that really differ from what I'm going to refer to as just playing bass? Mm. Yes. Great question. Um, it depends on the gig. It depends on the artist. It depends on the genre, the situation. But what I can tell you how I have approached it in the various situations that I have been the MD, what it means is musical director. And it's just essentially like the person broadly, it's the person that's going to answer the musical questions that the band might have, or it's the person that's going to be the liaison between the artist and the band. So like, let's say you're working with an artist that um, doesn't really know how to communicate the drum groove that they're looking for. Okay. They're going to tell you, and you're going to put that through your musical filters and talk about uh, the drum groove with the drummer. Or in the case of Eric Hutchinson, his musical director is an, was an incredible guy named Elliot Bloffus. He lives in Nashville. He's doing other things now. And when he stopped doing it, I became the MD. And what it is for Eric is he wants somebody to make sure that the band is ready to go when we step on stage. So everything's fly gigs. So I hire the band or I, I suggest the band. So we're looking for a guitar player or I bring a drummer friend of mine that's amazing and I get together with them beforehand and we run through the set. I talk about, hey, Eric likes this one faster than the record. So okay. let's just make sure, you know, record's probably 152. Let's do it like 160. Oh, wow, 160 feels fast. I know, but that's how he likes it. And so, right? like I know, but man up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's all this thing of like, of helping the artist have the best experience possible okay right? and so if something isn't working eric looks to me like if he's like ah the groove isn't quite right he looks to me and then i say well what if we try this or what if we you know what if we do this kind of thing um for eric it's also tuning his guitar before the set so he doesn't come out on stage and do it himself i do that 
Um, it's like making sure that the stage is all torn down at the end of the night. And I'm like, okay, every, we got everything cool. Now it's not that for every artist, but for Eric, that's part of it. Right. Um, it's helping him think about setting up the show and the set list and how we should, should we do a bow at the end of the night? Um, what side of the stage should we get off when we exit? Like it's so many things. Um, but I also did it at a church for a long time called Eagle Brook church, which was part of CCM culture, which is like rock, you know, kind of like, like a, rock and roll a, like, church. Hill, Hillsong. Hillsong. Things like yes. That. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. And in that world, it's very different. It's me setting up Ableton sessions. It's running the rehearsal. It's sending out emails to the players saying, Hey, I've got, um, Hey, to the keyboard player, I've got keys three and four in stems. But if you can do kind of an amalgamation of keys one and two, live that will be cool and here are those stems so or or you just tell me what key part do you want to do do that live i'll put the others in stems right it's completely the, different depending on your um the gig the gig and the artist mm. yes and i i guess i i'm not organized in all aspects of my life but i'm pretty musically organized I like people. I like seeing a band get better. I like running a rehearsal. I like making suggestions um, while still while trying to be um, professional and encouraging. I'm never like that sucked. You know, let's like I don't lead that way. Um, if I lead a band, it's like I I hired you for a reason. I always tell people that I hire that I hired you for a reason. I hired you for your instincts and your taste and your musicality. And if anything needs to change, I'll tell you. But just please play your instincts. Yeah, I picked you. Thing? I picked you for yeah. a reason. Yeah, I want yeah. you to be. I want you to be. There's a oh, there's a great um, interview with. Is this is it Michelle Rowe? Is that her name? I feel like I'm gonna get oh Rachel Rowe something like that. Oh, f- ah, d- Panic at the Disco bass player. Oh, um, oh Nicole. Nicole. Yeah, Nicole I'm, Rowe. Yeah, that's the one. Um, uh, Panic at the Disco. A lot yep. of it was recorded with a pick. She is a fingerstyle player. She came yes. to the first rehearsal having learned all of the music with a pick. And Brendan Yuri looks at her in the first rehearsal and goes, playing with a pick. And she goes, well, yeah, all your songs are with a pick. And, then, but, and all Brendan Yuri said to her was, yeah, but I hired you. Oh, you play with your fingers. You play what you want. You know, oh, I kind so of like cool. it. She's still playing the part, but you know, if something's like, I don't know, straight eighth notes, instead of going down picking with a pick, She's doing the you know the one and two and with the fingers because that's what that's what they wanted and that's I think that's really good um, from your perspective as a band leader because I've done lots of well an MD because I was wondering is there a difference between an MD and a band leader mm. and, and I'm feeling like there's a lot of overlap because I've yes, I've been definitely. hired by got hired by a company a few years ago to be um, the band leader and the bass player for a run of shows yes and it was a lot of the roles were similar to this yep. The issue I had was uh, the, we were all the artists. It was a band, but it was a, a singer and then a hired in backing band. Yes. And I was the band leader, but that was never really hammered in. So, well, it wasn't, ham- oh. ham- it wasn't hammered in by the people. Of- <laughs> it wasn't, it wasn't sort of nailed down by the people above all of us. Right. Which basically meant that when, when I was introduced as the band leader, the singer laughed at me. Uh, oh, which right. was a bit like because she was like well they um <laughs> was like 
you know, I do all these gigs, I, you know, it's my name on the poster, blah, 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 blah. And I don't, I think what, what didn't happen and what should have happened was the, yeah. the organization that was in charge of this band should have said, no, 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 absolutely. This person is not your boss. This right. is the person that basically, like, when there's a problem, you don't turn right and look at the guitarist, you turn left and look at him. Right. Yes. He's, he's the one who's overseeing this kind yeah, of like this, this problem or making sure that that he's he's the um he's here for you yeah and but that wasn't really communicated so right. there, was a, there was a lot of there was a lot of annoying situations where basically i'm trying to lead a rehearsal because i was told you need to make sure this is this is your responsibility you're being paid a bit more yeah the, the drummer and guitarist and then found out the singer was a lot more than me but that's not the point uh, <laughs> always the way uh, always uh, the case, yeah. um <laughs> but there was you know there, there was a constant a professional like butting of heads basically just yes. trying to like get through that but it's interesting to hear that that is what an md actually is because it's like I a didn't project really manager essentially isn't it like yeah, yeah. every element of, of, yeah. of the band yeah. um yeah it, it kind of reminds yeah, me of my you. my day job is like um yeah essentially like digital marketing manager and it's like managing websites as well this is completely off topic but um and it reminds me of that because it's like you're yeah. managing people who are very differently skilled to you in in other areas who are amazing and and you hire them for that you know i want you to do that and it's like realizing people's skills and honing them you know and oh, giving absolutely. them freedom to uh you know to do it yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and I think like I think the best leaders are the the leaders, the band leaders, the MDs, and I agree, Chris. That it it's, feels like synonyms, right? I, the best people that do it are the people that lead from a place of like from the they're middle, just there to of, support. Yeah, you know, they're there to support and to say like, hey, we hired you, do your thing, and here here's sort of the guidelines. Here's what the client, the artist, is looking for, but you're gonna crush it. And to start with that. I've been under some leadership. I've had some MDs that are that are really the other way of kind of like, you know, got to do it like this. And, you know, are you, you know, you got to get with the record and make sure that you're, I don't know, they're just coming at it from a little bit more of like a fear space. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's, yeah, all, yeah. that's not my style of leadership at all. But um, I really enjoy it when I get to do it. It's extra work, but um, I really do enjoy it. And then once you've established relationship, like with Eric Hutchinson, I've been with him for 10 years. He trusts me. So, what you know, when we need another drummer, you know, oh, the drummer that we usually use can't do it. He's like, just, I don't care. Just pick them. Yeah. Whoever and, you, whoever you yes, need and pick, yes. I trust. Yep. You know, I, have, why I get have to get one of my homies. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's the best. Uh, it's, it's really fun to get to that level with an artist where they <laughs> just trust you implicitly. Um, that is that is goals because I have I've done some session work for people who nah don't want that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Shall we go on to the tone section next? I feel like let's do tones. Do some tones. I think we'll. Uh, yeah. I think we've covered so much, so much more than uh, which is amazing. That, I, I mean, we can choose to include or edit this out, but it's like this is just selfishly. This is good for me. Like, oh yeah, it's well. Just, it's it's just nice to talk. It's just nice to talk to a guy who does what I do for a living, but has just been doing it more. I'm sure. And be like, yes. oh yeah, okay, I see where you're coming from, and then been like, oh great. So it's not just me. <laughs> oh, I know, man. It feels yeah. It's very like uh, you feel seen, right? I really feel that way when I do interviews too, like with SBL or podcasts. Like you know, when Amos came on and I was talking to him about 
you know, like getting the gig with Taylor Swift. And it felt like, oh, it's so rare. Yeah. That you're actually kind of like yeah. one on one with someone that has experienced some of these same and things. And also just... the episode with, um, absolutely. Yeah. And the episode with, I'm, I'm so sorry, I forgot his name, the Weezer, Weezer bass player. Oh, Scott Schreiner. Like, yeah. Yeah. Talking about how he got the gig and he was like, oh. he, he, they, he thought, should I show up in my glasses and a sweater? You know, like, yeah. leather jacket, I know. an in shower. You know, like, yeah, it, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so good. And those are like, those are like, those are bits of information that like I cherish because it's nice to know, like, oh, I'm, I'm on the right track. You know, yeah. what I'm, what I'm doing is what that guy was doing 10 years ago or right, 15 right. years ago yeah. or 20. It's yeah. like, okay. Okay. Cause you fly blind as a musician and, well, and yeah, that's sure. the bit you see, you know, exactly online. Right. You don't yeah, see that no one sits Johnny down to run and goes this is how you make a youtube channel and it's just like yeah off you pop they should good. <laughs> they, they should. really they really, they oh my god um, <laughs> but no, you don't get to see that part you just get to see like i don't know if you take amos for example you get to see amos playing in that stadium on the taylor swift torta 4.2 gajillion people yeah right uh, that film is so good by the way oh it's um, so cool. I know. i'm seeing taylor so in i'm so jealous next, in next year in yeah. cardiff I can't oh, wait. I actually, I, I legit want tickets now. I, yeah. I, 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 I will happily say not a Swifty in any way, sure. shape or form. I went to see the film with my girlfriend and her friend. Yeah. And I was like, no, no, no. I, I, I'm aware of Amos. I'd listened to the SBL. Um, I'd seen his YouTube videos. Like, I, obviously Taylor Swift is good. That's not yeah. really up for debate, really. Sure. Um, so I thought, no, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it. Why not? And I sat down and literally, I think we'd got about 20 minutes in or something like that. And I, I poked my girlfriend Jen in the armor went. This is really good. Like, yeah. As a like <laughs> ignoring and ignoring wow. any of the visuals or anything like that. I was like, as a guy who does music, yeah. as like a, a musician, I was like, this standard of musicianship. Oh my, oh my I know. god! Like it's literal insane. world class. You know, it's absolutely. It's, it's heavy. Yeah, I mean, they're so good, and the layers of leadership in that band are really deep too. Like, there's an MD that's not on the road. That oversees oh, okay. and essentially watches game tape um that watches all the shows and then makes wow. suggestions and then there's like mds on the ground <laughs> on each side of the stage so there's like two sides right and there's md on either side yeah there's like three or that, four five six people on each side isn't there right yeah. and they're all i mean they're all just amazing yeah. monsters but i mean just really quick before we move on to tones just one more thing about relationship that is just so interesting it you know so i start to make content and in the world of bass, when I started to make content, I was nobody. Nobody knew who I was. And Amos started to pay attention to me really early on because I was making bass content. And then when the pandemic happened, he reached out to me and was like, hey, man, I don't have a gig anymore because of the pandemic. I need to start doing wow. videos. Yeah. And he was like, can I, would you mind if I like took a lesson from you and we talked about lighting and cameras and stuff? And I was like, holy crap. Because I was well aware of him. Not until who you know, it's who knows you. Yes. And yeah. so I said, Amos, dude, any time. And so we ended up becoming kind of chummy. And we started to have calls occasionally. I brought him on this other thing. A friend of mine, Jonathan Marin, was doing um, these like Zoom calls with bass players. We brought Amos on as a guest. And I gave Amos all of my knowledge about recording and, you know, and all of that. And then it's just like giving right of yourself and of your of the particular skill set that you have is never a bad idea right because then once everything comes back amos is like 
hey man, I will never forget what you did for me during lockdown. Do you and your family want to come to the show? And I'm like, are you? And like, you know, now I'm a hero in my daughter's eyes, like unreal, <laughs> you know? Like it's a that big- is, That is such a good point. Like, yeah. Do, like, do you remember, you know how you're not tidying your room right now? Do you remember when I got you free Taylor Swift tickets? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, and so these players are cool. They are cool. <laughs> yeah, shut I mean, up, you Dad. It's not a phase. I mean, and it's not to say that like you do things so that you get tickets to the show. No, or whatever. no, no, it's no. Just, of like, course. Man, I, I was so excited to be interfacing with him in the beginning. Right, I've been so excited, and and I would call him a dear friend now. And it's just because of that connection, of the spirit of like I I am doing something. Someone asks about it, and I'm going to help them do it as well. I think on social media, we take a lot. We ask, we say, buy my thing. Um, sign Follow me. Thing. Like Come this. to my show, right? Yeah. You're always selling. Buy my t-shirts. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And I mean, I'm, I am I do that too, but I also try to temper it with giving of like, hey, have you ever thought about music yeah. this way? Have you, here's yeah. thing that I, because I think it gives back in ways that you don't see down the road that I think are like, can be life-changing and important. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's like your uh, your content, and then say like the the wider SBL content as well. There is there is an ask, absolutely. Yes. The ask is please please join the uh, join the, the site, um, and and you know, give us your money in exchange for right. yada yada yada. But that's but at the same time though, there's a massive YouTube channel yeah. with here's how to play like X Y Z. Your right. your own Instagram is like here's how I got this tone. Right. And it's broken down in, in a very very simple way. Or here's what I'm taking to the gig. Here's, there's a lot. There's a lot of give. There's an ask. Yes. But at the end of the day, we you know we all have bills to pay and things like that. There's an ask. There's a you know, follow me, engage with my social media. Right. Buy this. I don't do right. that. But I would say the ratio of give versus ask. I feel like there's more give than ask. Well, people need well, a reason to stick around. That. You know, people need a yeah, reason. Yeah. To yeah. All we all being enjoyed is just ask please <laughs> <laughs> or like or like at least if there is an ask hopefully the content was valuable nonetheless like that's what i always yeah hope, yeah that it's yeah. not just like you know like hey i have stuff to buy buy it like yeah. no i'm yeah. Gonna, yeah. yeah 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 right i'm it's, still it's... gonna talk to you about how i do things and for the longest time too for me there was no ask the longest time until i started to do presets until i started to work with sbl obviously and being a part of that ask but for the longest time, I was just trying to build audience and just yeah. like give for the yeah, longest yeah, yeah. time. And then mm. I think that you build up a certain amount of trust. And then when there is an ask that you feel is worthwhile, like I really think that these presets are good, <laughs> you know, like, and so I'm like, Hey, you don't have to, but they are available. But if you want, want to support yeah, this and you have yeah. this hardware, right. Then like, it's a, uh, it seems like a reasonable ask. And that you must yeah, get give, give like, ask is a very popular sales technique. Go on, Johnny. Yeah. You must get like hundreds of messages of people asking you about preset stuff on HX Stomp, you know, and things like that. And it's like, well, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give it back to, to like everyone in that way. Yeah. I mean, I did. I, I, people were like, hey, do you have presets? In the longest time, I was like, ah, I'm not, it's just, you can make them yourself. I'll just tell you how I made them. But then um, someone told me, they get, gave me this analogy. They're like, okay. They're like, Ian, you have to sell these presets. You know why? I said, why? He said, you could watch a YouTube video of changing the oil in your car and you could get down on the garage floor and you could do it. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, but do you, will you? I said, I do not. And I will not. 
I'm happy to pay the money for that service. And he said, well, a lot of people feel that way about effects. They don't want yeah. a program. They want a, a sound that they can pull up immediately and they don't have to want to spend their time doing that. They hate it. Yeah, yeah. We, so me why and, not me provide and, that service? Me and I uh, guess this, this bleeds over into the tone section anyway, but me and Johnny talked about this when your preset pack came out. We, we had an episode and we mentioned it and we were like, we did say there's two pathways to this. There's the people who are like, I don't want the process. I I like, I think Ian Ian sound good. I want to sound good. Yeah, Here right. is here's credit card, and it's like yes. we'll download it, and it, it's going to get you. It's going to get you there in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, your technique might be terrible or something like that, but it's going to get you in that in that ballpark. Sure, in that, yeah. in that zip code. But then other people, like uh, I, I would say, I fall into this into this second category. I would be infinitely more interested and and this is probably why i used to i used to subscribe to masterclass if, you, if you're familiar with that yes, of course um, i won a membership to sbl and had a year's membership a few years ago hell yeah um we can we can get into that but we do have a lot to talk about uh, yeah. i would i would be more interested like you had a course about uh some session things where you went through yep. a couple of different preset tones you had a, an amazing course where you and a drummer that I forgot the name yep. of. Steve Gould. Talked about, that's the one, talked about kind of like how to talk to a drummer, which has been very valuable to me. Yeah. But I would be much more interested in, even if I have to pay for it, for example, I want the guy who made the preset going, well, here's how I came to this conclusion. Yes. Because yeah. I might get to, I might get halfway through your explanation and go, oh, I could do this. And then right. something that has nothing to do with a, Here's how to make your bass sound like a mini moog. It's like, right. uh, yeah, but I got halfway and then I realized how you set fuzz is what I needed to know to do yes. this. And it's that's more interesting t for me, but I'm a nerd. So I don't no. mind knowing that part. That's more interesting to me too, actually. Yeah, but some people don't want that. So that's why the, the, the Kemper is so popular, like preset packs and the same with you and, yes. sure. and all these kind of things. But I'm, it's good to hear that it's like, it's more interesting to you. Well, I have wanted to make that course for a long time. I'm not going to make it on SBL because I don't want to do like a, we at SBL don't want to do like a proprietary hardware course. I'm like, here's how to program the HX stomp. Because it's, it's like, so specific. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I probably will do something like that on my own of doing, yeah. like, hey, here's how I think about programming, but we will do some effect stuff. It's just down the road. I, uh, I'm a, I am a professional procrastinator with projects that serve my own need and i have oh. a lot of imposter syndrome and weird shame about it that we don't we don't need to talk i mean we can but i don't know if it's interesting but i put off the preset thing for a very long time and then finally i had some friends that were like you need to do this and you like please just do it and it'll be the start then you can do courses and so yeah i plan on doing some courses around like Brilliant. how i think about programming but um, the preset pack stuff was the easiest thing for me to just like get out the door first. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and it's been yeah. cool. And and if anybody listening has bought them and supported, I thank you very much. I hope you like them. Um, I put a lot of work and time into them, and you know, no one cares about that. But but I will say that I use them. I like I use them every day on things. And I mean, we can break down this. You know, we've got a tune and. I can play along and I'll show you three sounds that I use with an artist. I use my own sounds that yeah. I've made for this particular artist. Putting your money where your mouth is. Like, yeah. You know, yeah. It's right. like that yeah. classic thing of like musician brings out Squire signature series product 
and then you see them playing a custom shop guitar instead. <laughs> At least you and don't like, do that. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Hey, hold on. <laughs> you said yeah. this was good enough for you. <laughs> you he lied people. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I yeah. think that brings us very nicely onto our next segment. Then cool. let's let's hear some of these tones for those at home. This is a section called "That Tone You Own." It's where we ask our guests each week to bring along a tone that they either consider to be their own, or maybe something that they're just enjoying at the moment. Um, we have got a track to listen to now from from Dessa, as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Ian, I think you're going to play along for some bits. Yeah. Aren't we? I figured I'd do it live. Just make this happen live. Oh, um, I find, I think about my voice on the bass. Um, there's two sounds. If I'm not playing just regular bass, right? I think about, there's two sounds that I really love. And it's sort of trying to, one, one lane is sounding like a synthesizer. So like these kind of big fat notes um, I was a huge Bjork fan growing up so like hyper ballad off of post you know like these just big sort of synthesizer sounds so that's octave pedal into drive into chorus um, and then so that's going to be the basis for this tune so that's the first sound you'll hear I'll, I'll show you all these sounds individually and then I'll put them in context and it's like a three sure. minute tune and Good. hopefully that will like make them all land. So that's sound number one. Then I find I have this duality. I grew up in Northwestern Montana, parents listening to country music. I also love to play with a pick and this sounds to me. My friend misery. <laughs> yeah. Dude. I mean like, and it's so interesting. Like you say Metallica and for me, this sound was like Glenn Campbell, like, Oh, oh, absolutely! Yeah, it's also it, it is also worth noting with a very, very, very hearty disclaimer. All roads lead to Metallica with me, and if they don't lead to Metallica, they lead to Nickelback. Yeah, amazing, amazing! I love that. I mean, you know, yeah, I love that you put the flag in the ground for Nickelback. I always say like everybody hates Nickelback to the tune of like five hundred and seventy nine million records sold. You know, like I know, it's, it's like the eleventh biggest selling artist of all yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so good live. Like so good live. But anyway, don't wish stop me now. No, stop me it's now. All good. It's all good. This this sound is, I call Montana. Yeah. Very and it's basically like, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's like spring reverb into tremolo. And that the Weird. order of that is very important. Like the spring reverb gets affected by the trem. And to me, yes. I can just play yeah. two notes with this. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just like, take me away. So <laughs> when you're saying find... so much with What's two that? notes, you're saying so much with yeah. two notes. Yeah. Like, it's like, in the, it, it, was that a fifth? Was it something yeah. else? Yep. Okay, yep. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Here we go. Whoa. Um, yeah. It's like, but with that, the two nodes, the interval and the effects, it's like you have immediately set a texture. You've you've set exactly. a mood. It's almost like I know where I am immediately. Yes. Whereas if you just played a DI, you'd be like, oh, there's a fifth. Cool. Yeah. I know how I do like, Imagine that, right? Like if I got rid of that sound and I played with my fingers and I played that same thing. It still sounds good. It doesn't conjure though, right? It doesn't like prompt. It's not making me feel anything, right? You know? No. Yeah. There's something. Already, I'm, I'm picturing something. Yeah. Yeah. There's something yeah. about the sounds. You know? 
It's just crazy. So that sound for me, I could play it all day and get lost. So that's the second sound you'll hear. And then the third sound is a sound that I use not a lot, but sometimes it's really fun and um, appropriate. I call it Decepticon because I'm a kid of the 80s. I grew up watching yeah. Transformers. But this is octave into fuzz into like a vocal filter. And out of context, it sounds kind of ridiculous, but in context, I think oh, it's... Oh, yeah, but in context, though. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, picturing, yeah. I'm picturing, like, you're, you're playing a song with, like, a certain part or whatever. Let's say it's long notes, and you're keeping it relatively clean. We're coming into chorus three. Yeah. And it's like the drummer's going to step it up a notch anyway. Yeah. The guitarist go. is going to put on the little drive before the big drive. Yeah. That just... <clears throat> The singer yes. is going, okay, chorus three is yeah. the octave. Yeah. And right. you're like, okay, here we go. It's half time. Yeah. And then yeah, you hit sure. it and it's just like, Whoa! well, you're not far off. You're not far off. Th this is uh, this hip hop artist from Minneapolis. Actually, she puts her time between New York and London, um, but her name's Dessa. She's amazing. Um, and I didn't, I played on her most recent record, but this is a song that I didn't play on, but I play this with her live. It's just a fun way to demonstrate these three very different sounds. And I thought it would be perfect for a tone you own. So here we go. I'm going to play you this. This is Fire Drills by the great Dessa. So we're going to start with octave first. I've been Wendy, living with the lost boys you spent. Is it second on the convoy? Moves every night to prove we were something got if it was from a tool that we were running I've seen Gibraltar, I've seen the Taj Mahal Soweto, Aya Sophia, Chef Shaw and paints the walls blue I played to full rooms, I played the full two Burning through the bottoms of a pair of new boots Cut my hair, take my tits down A woman on her own must be from out of town Funny you don't know the concessions that you're making Until you catalog them And by then there are many Get your battle heart and teeth makes it with a BS wall Keepsakes and parking tickets on the dashboard I'm here to file my report There's the fiction of the wolf pack Tell patient zero he can have his rib back You can count my ribs Count my You can count my ribs You can't be too broke to break There's a woman always something left to take So you shouldn't try to stay too late Talk to strangers, look too long, go too far out of range, cause angels can't watch everybody all the time. Stay close, hems up, safe inside. The formula works if you can live it, but it works by putting half the world off limits. Don't give me visuals. But I'm 
my definition You can't make a difference It's a big ambition You simply standing sentry to your innocence That's not a way to live That can't be what a woman is That gives her nothing to aspire to What that is What that is It's just a life of running fire drills Running fire drills <laughs> yeah, Very that nice. Was, that was just three Jeez. minutes of solid stank face and like, nodding, and then <laughs> right on. I mean, it's such no, a fun off, too for when that that last sound. Yeah, that's so fun, man. Chris and I he's lost so, it. It's, he's so good as well because it's like as we as we all know, the highest compliment you can receive as a musician <laughs> is when another musician looks at you and goes, "Yeah." Oh. <laughs> Like absolutely just like <laughs> with a mouth your face up like a mouth turns into like a rainbow yeah 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 exactly <laughs> it's like that is exactly man. Yeah, well thanks. you should be ashamed so of yourself <laughs> uh, it's like getting to do that is my dream honestly like i've always loved hip-hop electronic music rock she's kind of a combo of all of that in, in a yeah. really interesting way mm. her production team is incredible um, this guy, Andy Thompson, who's an unbelievable producer and a guy that makes some of the beats named Laserbeak, just incredible. It's like Laserbeak and Andy Thompson. It's just like a, the, the best production team ever. And then I get to join them live. And then we do, you know, on this, she just put out a new record and I'm on that as well. So I, I could not be more happy playing that kind of music because it really honors the sounds that i love it's like finding yeah. an artist that like likes that <laughs> you know what i mean it's wild so it's really it isn't fun. just like oh can we just have a di and the tone rolled off please like it no, allows you to, to use <laughs> use effects the... as uh, like tools essentially yeah. to get yes. you the expression yeah, out of the sound that you want yeah yeah and they're Nothing necessary like if i played all that dry it would be so weird yeah, you know? you're you're absolutely right because it's like at no it's like at no point when you even at the end with the the big sound at no point was I was I listening to that and going yeah, did you have to do that you know, like, you know like a bit much cool. just, like yeah. we've all been there we're like we've all we all know a bass player who uses too I've... many effects sure like but too many and right. you, every time or the overplay or like you know the the, the, the just just no restraint or self control and the expression. Right. We, we all know someone, and that's that's fine. They'll get over it eventually. But <laughs> yeah, when I was gonna, and if you don't know someone, it's you. Um, <laughs> it's me. Yeah, it's totally me. me. I I'm the problem. I'm the I'm problem. The, problem. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> the point I was gonna make was that no at no point did I feel like you were you were spoiling it. You know, at no point was I like, yeah, but did he have to do that? Ah, yeah. oh, cool. You know, there yeah. was no like even you know even with like the the, the reverb, like, there'd be a lot of people who would go like. Spit the drink out, reverb on bass. You know, yeah. like all that, and, and and none of that was there. I would like to talk about the tone for a second because sure. I have a nerdy question that I've always meant Please. meant to ask. So uh, we're going we're going from the bass, I assume. 
yeah. uh, into the into the pedal board. It's the yes. it's the Origin compressor first, or is this straight into the HX stomp? This is so. This is my small travel board. It's tiny. It's the mono light. I just have three pedals on it. Okay. I first go into yep. the Origin stacked, which okay. is yep. that compressor, which I love. But I don't have a ton of comp on it. I just really like okay. the way it sounds. I'm a big blend, like dry blend compress guy too. So yeah. I squeeze it hard. And then I also blend in dry. That's yeah. going then into the HX with, and the, and the HX is doing all the heavy lifting in terms of like drives or octave or in okay. this instance, all the sounds that you heard were from the HX stomp. And, and what then we're hearing that, before we yes, jump, because I'm pretty sure you're going to, you're going to mention the, uh, the, 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 I'm sorry, it's the thingy DI, isn't it? Not the noble. You're using the, Oh, the Jad Freer. Yes, the pedal after this. That you're oh, gonna yeah. Mention. Before yep. you do, though, I was going to ask, in because I, I haven't seen your presets. I, Johnny owns a HX Stomp. I I don't. I spent five yes. times the money and got a quad Cortex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, it's five times as good. I'm yet to decide. <laughs> yeah, but, that's right. um, uh, <laughs> inside that, yeah. is there, a, is there an, an amp and cab sim? Is there, is there not? You no. Know, no, and I, okay, I have, okay, all right, okay. I mean, yes, there are, but I but don't use them example. very often. Okay, so yeah, for me, um, I probably here I can show you. Typically, my basic sound is just a bit of compression, and yeah. then um, really nothing else. Um, and then if I do any cab stuff, so I have a uh, an amp, like a SVT dual cab preset that I call ultimate amp because I'm an asshole. But um, basically, it's just my favorite kind of settings of an SVT through an 810 and then a 112 as well. And I really, I really wow, like yeah, the okay. sound yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. It does um, sound good. Yeah, okay. Thanks. Yeah, and it doesn't have to be fuzzy. But then it can also, like I have on that preset also an octave... And then a fuzz, and so it you know gets you in. Oh, I wonder. I wonder what that yeah. is. Yeah, right. Gets you kind <laughs> of into that like amp sim territory. But I find yeah, okay. that I own. I don't typically use that thing with artists. I'm pretty much like a clean DI sound guy, and then stacking effects on top of that. So, like on my just main regular patch, right? That is just clean, but it has compression. It has a bit of a tube. Like it has my noble emulation. Okay, now, and is that a, is just that a, did a thing where yeah, they? Yes, they did. Yeah, yes, three point seven has a noble in it. I get it a different way. I've compared them both. I prefer mine, but theirs is great because it only takes up one block. Mine takes up two. Um, I'll tell you what. I mean, I'll show it to you without that stuff. So if I take away the goodness of that so what are we hearing right now we're hearing that the, just the origin nothing. the origin into the hx stomp was everything off everything is off right okay right but if i turn on all the stuff the preset stuff the noble um and the origin sounds great yeah, yeah. i think it's just a little bit beefier and then from there i'm adding things i'm adding octave Okay, right. And I yeah. was going to say when when we so when we we leave the HX stomp. Mm -hmm. Yes. Am I correct in saying we go somewhere else before we 
because I have a follow-up question after that, but we're, yes. in the words of the uh, the great Axel Rose, where do we go now? Where do we go now? Where do we go? Where do we go? I have a big board that on that it's Noble, but on my yes. travel board, it's okay. the Jad Freer Copper mm-hmm. DI, which is like yeah, an okay. Italian. Yeah. yeah. I like it, but it's almost like it's too much control for me. I almost never use EQ or I very rarely use EQ or like a ton of it. So yeah. I have maybe lows boosted by one or two dB. Just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. That's that's all normally my sign of, of of a good product is when it just needs like like tw- like exactly. one o'clock yeah. or like dialing yeah. back a tiny bit. Like yeah. That's the sweet spot. Well, yeah. yeah, me my, myself and Johnny went to the the Ashdown factory uh, yep. and we we tried a product that isn't out yet. Yes. And uh the the lovely people there were showing us all the the different the, the configurations the stuff and it could honestly do. me and johnny just kept going nah, nah, leave it at 12 leave it at 12 like yeah. everything everything on this product was yep. set at 12 o'clock with like one little button pressed which was not even doing that much realistically and we were both like i i, I said to the managing director point blank range i'm buying one but like, i'm as soon it's... as i'm allowed to amazing I'm, I'm selling the equivalent product i already own <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. immediately and I'm buying this. This is the oh, best I love it. I've ever heard. And but oh, again, cool. just all at twelve. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you'll agree, Johnny. Just like instant. This is brilliant. Yeah. This is actually yeah, yeah. brilliant. Absolutely. I actually though think that that speaks more to you guys than it does to the product. I think that's about your hands and your oh, brain a... and your heart. Oh, I don't know. I do. I do though. <laughs> I think it's like. I mean, if I don't know, man. I feel. I don't know if how you guys feel, but. When I plug into any amp, um, I don't feel like I am extremely EQing anything, whether it's Aguilar, sure. whether it's Ampeg, whether it's whatever it is, Ashdown. I feel like I kind of put knobs at noon. And then if I'm playing, if I have the gain staging right and I'm playing kind of supportive and soft, I feel like I can get a a sound that I like out of most things. That's really um, interesting, but, actually, because yeah, like, that, I don't know. that was yeah. my whole thinking. that was my whole approach to to my YouTube channel was like mm-hmm. I wanted to demo affordable gear mostly because I've always yep. I've always been in that world and always felt like I can get pretty good sounds out of this affordable gear. I feel yeah. like a lot of it is in your is in those fingertips. So like, yes. and I wanted to try and showcase that. Not saying that I'm an amazing player and like oh this is it's all through my hands. This can sound good, but like. You can make affordable stuff sound sound great. You know, sound, sound good. Yes, yes, and you don't need to max out EQs on on fancy gear. Um, yeah, the more I do it, the, the more pared down I get. I used to have a giant pedal board with tons of stuff on it, and then I have you know I have you know this little pedal board that has five things on it that I really like, and then I have this little guy with just three things. And I think honestly, my next move is I'm just going to do a stomp. Um, there's a pedal mm. medics makes this really interesting thing where he builds a little housing for it that gives you di um like an xlr out so you run the you know output one and two so you get a, a line out to an amp if you want quarter inch and then xlr out and some additional switching mm-hmm. and i mean i don't know i find that um sometimes like the very simple thing while still having the ability to play you know the sounds that i need for for artists and stuff, you know, I find that um, having something very simple, I don't need, I don't want to have a bunch of EQ and parametric. I just don't need it. Um, I want to make it happen with my hands, I guess. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm yeah. in and I don't need any effects. I'm good enough well, just by myself. No, I just, you know. <laughs> is that, is that like... because your uh, is that because your wife has bullied you? Like, Probably. Watching <laughs> you drag like a pedal train pro and a huge flight case and like a, a rack and everything. Yeah. And well, well, I've, you know, heard the story about like the big SVT and, and all these kind of things. But oh, yeah. if anything, I think, I actually think like, like I love like the flex of like, yeah, man, it's just like a sound zam. I, I'm I so into small pedal boards at the minute. I'm yes. so into the idea of small pedal boards. Um, yep. And having as little to do when I get to the gig as possible. At the minute, my whole yeah. rig is in a flight case. And it's just like, bam, Three. one plug, done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and I'd love to do that with a pedal board as well. I've just built one with Warwick, War, Warwick, Warwick, Warwick. Warwick. With the rock board and, and that and the of origin pedals. And that's that yep. is meant to be just an all-in-one Bam, Rick! It's it can power a cab. It can go in front of the house. Oh like, yeah, dude. yeah! I've I seen that amp, power, that amp power ramp. I've seen that build. That's a good looking build, man. The ant awesome. is unreal. Yep. Is like, it? I, I use the right. ant all the time now. Very and cool. I, like, I mean, two hundred watts is depending on the gig. I'd like a bit more. But if I if I have a PA for the gig, if it's a yep. you know a small gig with a PA and upwards, it's more than enough. It sounds great. It just I have. A, the quad Corsex can be overkill, but you can yes. also, if you run it simply, it's fine. It's yep. like it's like if you have a, I don't know, a Ford Mustang, and it's like, yeah, it can do two hundred miles an hour, but it's also not bad at like forty. Yeah, I mean, a course, Ford Mustang yeah. probably isn't. Well, I mean, I know, but, uh, this one is. But driving big, a fast car slow is awesome. It's a flex. Big flex. You know, big flex. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, I travel a lot too, so I fly a lot with Eric, and um, I fly out to you know to do stuff with Scott. And for me, I love flying carry-on only. So I always am flying with a base and a backpack. I'm like a real weird, like minimal travel is like a big game for me. Yeah. So I always am flying the tiniest board I can for the gig, base, and then just very minimal, like the clothes that I need packed in a really, you know, like excellent cube that's like goes into the yeah, like spot. You got the vacuum seal bag. He's yeah, wearing man. every pair of pants. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Six jackets on. I just, I like, I love that. So for me, like checking a giant pedal board, I've never been that guy ever. Um, I I don't want want to be, I don't want to be that guy. Like you, like you, you, I take more gear to a gig in a car than you do. And I'm like, this really should be the other way around. I'm like, but, oh, but I need a backup base just in case I bring a base with flats and a base with rounds. I'm like, come on, man. Come on. I don't do any of that. I but bring one on bass it. always, unless it's a gig where I need like, oh, there's a different tuning or something. There's a band I play in that. that. But yeah, yeah. Um, man, yeah. I'm always. It's weird. I just roll one bass. I don't bring any backup cables. It is absolutely going to bite oh, me whoa. in the ass. Someday. That was just it's absolutely going to gonna bite me in the ass. I don't bring anything else. Like it's weird. Um, but whatever. So far, so far, so good. You know. It's still, Touch it's still going Touch it's all good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Incredible. Well, um, I think uh we're gonna put you through your paces now, Ian. Uh, Hit me. <laughs> uh we're gonna go through some some real some real quick fire questions now. I can't okay. Wait. I'm, I'm gonna these... I'm gonna adhere to it. Absolutely. We'll be we'll be here. We'll I can kick we... you from the school, I think, manually. So you'll be gone. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm going to start off. Uh, yes. Would you like to jump in and we'll go, we'll tag team this baby? 
Absolutely. You go first and then uh, you like left and then right. Yeah. Oh, okay. right. Let's I feel go. like we need the um who wants to be a millionaire music. They have that in the US. They must yeah. do. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ian, just give us a drone on the bass. <laughs> yeah, we got with, with oh, the reverb, please. Thank oh, you. That was much too chill. <laughs> what preset will I use for this drone knot? Yeah, right, right, right. Oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Okay, do it. Do it again. Yep. Imar Nelson. Pick or fingers? Pick. I can pick. Ian Martin Allison. Active or passive? Passive. Passive. Mm. Ian Martin Allison. Rounds or flats? Flats. <laughs> Ian Martin Allison. IEMs. Or wedges. Wedges. <laughs> he doesn't Seven. want the click. No, <laughs> no, he's having the click just through the wedge. <laughs> so screw you. Beep, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> I love binary. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, okay, okay. Johnny, you're, you're yes. to serve. This is my go. <clears throat> In my mouth. Four string or five string? Four string, 100% forever. A quick answer, a quick answer. Very good. Ian Martin Allison. P or J? J. Uh, and let me just say, the oh. resonance of the P bass. <laughs> I tried, I was. I tried to be the P bass guy. I really went for it, I really went for it. And I was like, yeah, this is what I do now, a P bass guy. I've always felt more comfortable on a J. Sorry, next question. Those, those slender hands, man. Uh, here, my Allison. Desert Island Base. Don't it you dare explain yourself. 1978 Fender Jazz Bass in the color that if you don't like, I don't trust you, Antigua. Desert Very Island good. Antigua. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. That's right. Ian Mast Allison. Draw a note, please. Thank you. Thank you so much. Best bass effect. The humble octave pedal. It's just doing a good role right now, you know. So it's <laughs> I must say it really is. It's it helping really podcast production right now. It really it's is serving. pushing it. Yeah. We have to put you in as a production role. Can you come back next week? Yeah, every, every time, please. I'll be here. I'll just be <laughs> producer behind the scenes. Just sat stuff. on the call, yep. says nothing for an hour and a half, and then just goes <laughs> boom, 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 boom. <laughs> This is what you were made for. <laughs> um, okay. Okay. Back to seriousness now. In my answer. Unpopular base opinion. Unpopular base opinion is that the P base is the best thing for everything. Oh. Yeah. 
have to pick well. the jazz. Well, well, sorry. I, I that that the P base isn't the best thing oh. for everything. <laughs> Wait, isn't the best thing for everything? Oh. 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 Yeah. I was, yeah. I was going to say now the P base is the best thing for everything. <laughs> it's it's fine for some things. It's fine. It's great for some things. It's not the best thing for everything. At least not in my world. <laughs> you might be right. I was going to say. Well, that's the safest answer ever. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Tenth. Tenth probably, final question. Probably the most important question. And probably the most important. Yeah. Now, I will. Now, before we jump into this very quickly, I have an answer for this question. <laughs> Me and Johnny had an argument about this yesterday. I would like to give my answer, but I will let Johnny decide if he's going to let me. So, the final question. Okay. Ian Martin Allison. Which Star Wars character would be the best at base? Which Star Wars character would be the best at base? It mm. would be Mace Windu. Ooh. Okay, right. Back. Mace Windu. I will tell you, it's because the purple lightsaber, purple base had to go with Mace. He would have like bad okay. motherfucker, like etched into the back, like he does on his lightsaber, like on his base. That's <laughs> yes. not a bad. That's not a bad point. Now, because we're going to use this, we're going to ask this question with all the guests. Yeah. Johnny, are we going to give our answer or not bother? I feel like my. I feel like we have to. I feel like this is the first we time argued, this question. We argued hard on this. Yeah. And Guys. I stand by I stand by my answer and I will not budge on it. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. As a, a as a man who's 45, I think you might be quite annoyed at this answer. I think I the wait. best I think the best Star Wars character who would be the best at base, and I'm not kidding, Django Fett. Oh <laughs> Django Fett. What is that? More like. Hey. Would you like me to explain why? Please try. I'll make it very simple. Like any good bass player, he was commissioned to do a job, and he did it. That's true. He followed through with his role. That Absolutely. is what. Sorry, 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 sorry. We sorry, would sorry. like you to be the blueprint for a clone army. What did he do? <laughs> I mean, your choice cut my choice's head off <laughs> and that's not but that's not the point the brief had been completed the gig was done he got his yes. head chopped off in the car park at the end of the gig yeah yeah I oh, to be fair classic bass player you know that was only gonna yeah, happen to us bass player you do so yeah, what you were paid to do with it you're gone <laughs> so mine you know our heated debate came about uh of who would be best because i was i was on team boba oh um, yeah just yeah, because yeah. You know, a young it's love classic, child, a classic bass player. You know, to just ooze so much cool. You know, and and could be useless, but they they're respected and people love it just because yeah. they just turn up and they just look incredible. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. But that's, my that's, choice, our, that's our role. That, True, that but my choice didn't have a my, absolutely. That, but my choice didn't have a terrible Disney Plus show. So. <laughs> Oh, shots fired! Yeah. Shots fired! How about, shots how about fired. when all those? How about when all those kids showed up on those on those little candy scooters? Yeah, get out, oh. get out of town! Get out of town! Saw a fan theory about that. Um, that show would have been much better if they swapped out Boba Fett and gave the exact same film, sorry, show to the Marshal from the Mandalorian. Oh, I know. It totally would have. Yeah, yeah. Well, we did get it. we did get Flea in that series. Oh no, he was that was Obi Wan. He no. was in Obi Wan. Thundercat. Yeah, Thundercat. We had in yeah. Uh, Thundercat. In yeah. That. <laughs> Um, man yeah 
I I feel like I could now we could just do a two hour podcast <laughs> about Star Wars because I oh, may may bring Batman into this and it'll be five hours easily. <laughs> Amazing. Um, Amazing. If we have a Star Wars spin off Star Wars based podcast, it should be called It's a Slap. <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> this is I great banter. It. it really is. Uh, you guys, I bought a strap from Couch, which is a company, I think they're in California or West Coast. And uh, I bought it and they drew me a picture on my invoice and it was Admiral Akbar saying, it's a strap. Oh, yes. And Brilliant. Immediately Brilliant. endeared me to them forever. <laughs> and they make great straps. Shout yeah, out like I will never buy another. Speaking of incredible. Ian, this has been so much fun. Having oh you my gosh, had, you we've guys. Had the best Same. Time. We've had the best time. Same. I've had a blast. Pleasure. Thank you so much. Great Tip. questions. Great hang. You guys are the best. Yeah. It's good times. Good times all around. Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let us know, please, if you enjoyed this episode at home on your listening platform of choice. Give it five stars it, and review us. It has something to do with algorithms and reaching a lot more people online. If you're watching yeah. this on YouTube, please press the subscribe button and let us know in the comment section what you thought. Um, if you're not watching this on YouTube, what are you thinking? What are you doing? What are you doing? Head on over. Get your eyes on this, on these three handsome chaps uh, that have been speaking to you for the last two-ish hours um, about base. It's been a lovely time. Um, again, thank you so much to everyone that's tuned in so far and uh, helped out with the video stuff because it's been amazing. Um, Absolutely. Chris, where can people find you on the internet? You can You can find me quite literally everywhere under that guy on base uh and yes it is it is that time of the episode it's time for me to plug my band as i need to do in every single episode because being in a band is hard uh <laughs> please consider checking out my band we're called dala we just brought out our debut ep if you like heavy stuff that's a bit of like an early 2000s throwback i think you'll like it all the details are in the show notes and if all goes according to plan which it should have by the time this episode comes out, we will have announced something actually like big. Big things came soon. Oh my god! Hell yeah! But we will. Uh, I will not. I don't want to jinx it. So That's if it didn't happen for whatever reason, you can't shout at me. I recorded this a week ago. Don't judge me. But yes, please, please consider checking out my band. That will be very nice. Being in a band is hard. If you like it, let me know. If you don't like it, don't tell me because my fragile eagle can't take it. Thank you, Johnny. Nice. Look, we will find you. Amazing. Yeah. Well, you can find me on YouTube uh, at well, just at no forward slash Johnny Dibble and on Instagram at Johnny Dibble as well. And last but of course not least, Ian, tell yourself where can people find you on the internet and what have you got going on? I I am mostly at Instagram, so you can find me there at Ian Martin Allison. Also, my website Ian Martin Allison. Or if you don't want to type in the Martin for the website, I also procured Ian Allison dot com. <laughs> Um, I'm a content contributor and uh, creative over at Scott's Bass Lesson, so I do a lot of stuff there as well. And also, I play for four artists that I think I implore you to check out. Mr. Eric Hutchinson, Dessa, who I played uh, that bit on uh, the podcast today. I also play for an amazing singer-songwriter called Jeremy Messersmith, and I play in a funk rock trio called The Orange Goodness. And those are all at their respective names. If you hit Google, you'll find them great artists minneapolis based uh incredible so except eric he's new york but the other ones are all minneapolis amazing awesome well guys let's sign this let's sign this puppy off thank you can i play us out 
<laughs> Only if it's a drone, man, it's really epic. <laughs> I, I, I have to play this for you guys. I'm going to play this out. Ready? Here we go. <laughs> Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. Bye. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. <laughs> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.